0: Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Oxford Baptist Church. We pray you'll be blessed as you apply these truths to your life. Well, good morning, church. Good to see you. And I know you have been in prayer for our dear sister. We just pray that everything will be all right with her. Uh, Thank God for a good medical community, and it's close by, too. So we uh, thank the Lord for that. Have any of you ever ridden in an emergency in an ambulance? Good heavens. Man, I'm preaching to intensive care. Uh, I thank God. Listen, when I had my heart attack, I was polishing my boat. And the words of my mother came back to me. She said, That boat's going to be the death of you. It was in the hot summertime, and I was polishing that boat. Bam, it hit me. And I made it to my truck. My phone was there. And I sat down, and I cranked it up, turned the air conditioner on me, and I called the lady at the desk down in the storage place where I was, and I told her I thought I was having a heart attack. Well, by the time she got there, I was already unconscious, and she called the, uh, the first responders, and said, listen to this. They just happened to be going right by the place, going back, because they had just finished a call. And they were there, bam, just that quick. And uh, to make a long story short, I woke up in the emergency room, and they were cutting my clothes off of me. And, you know, I have a sense of humor. And uh, I said, go ahead. I've seen it on TV. Uh, I I went back to sleep, and I woke up in uh, the cath lab. It's kind of like Archie Bunker, you know. You know, he was so prejudiced that when he went to have an emergency transfusion, the person in the next bed over, he couldn't see because there was a curtain, and they moved the curtain. It was a black man. And I won't never forget that as long as I live. That was the funniest thing on Carol O'Connor's face you've ever seen in your life. But when I woke up, I said, wow, I feel great. I don't know what you did. And this woman said, I know what I did. I said, what? She said, I saved your life. And I said, you certainly did. And I said, what's your name? And she started talking to me, and she's from Puerto Rico. I said, isn't that neat? I've had a Puerto Rican to save my life. And we became really close friends after that. As a matter of fact, I went back to the first responders and gave them all a a gift to uh, Longhorns. How about that? You know. But I thank God for first responders. I thank God for our police department. You know, I really do. They they are really tremendous people. They saved my life. To tell you the truth, and I'll just always be in their debt. I want you to turn with me your Bibles to. Uh, The book of Matthew, chapter 26. Chapter 26. And if you want to stand with me, you can. If you don't, that's all right. I'm going to read from uh, verse 36 to 46. Just ten verses. This is Jesus as he's praying in Gethsemane. When Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And talking with him, Peter said to the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, the second time he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them asleep, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, your betrayer is at hand. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us so very much, God, that you were willing to give your life for us, that through Forgiveness of our sin in the shedding of your blood, we might not only have our sins forgiven, but everlasting life, beginning now and ending in eternity. Thank you, God. You're so awesome. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you suppose that if the disciples knew that this was their last opportunity to be with Jesus? that they would have kind of stayed awake. Think about it. If they actually grasped the moment and realized this is the last time we're ever going to spend any kind of intimacy with Jesus Christ. Do you think it would have made a difference? I think it would have. I really do. Now, allow me to ask you this question. Do you believe that we're living in the end times? Do you? When you read the scripture, does it come alive when it says, Oh man, look at what's happening today? Because what's happening today is an indication that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back soon. The Bible says that when he comes back, there's going to be the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, and uh, man he's going to bring with him those who have preceded us. And we which are alive and remain shall be called up to a meeting with our Lord in the air. And so shall we be forever and ever and ever. And when I was writing the Messiah, he could quit the forever, forever and ever and ever. Listen, I believe he's coming back. I really do. And I believe that we are living in our last days. Folks, I believe this with all of my heart. This is the only day we have to minister and to be effective for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We don't really understand and know exactly when He's coming. But I'll tell you what, this generation needs to be awake. We need to be awake in the grace of God. If we're not careful, the urgency of what's taking place and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ can slip away from us. We need to be spiritually alert. The first thing I want to share with you is never allow closeness to rob you of the importance of the day. The disciples had been with Jesus like this on many occasions. As a matter of fact, they were with him on several occasions when he prayed. And they would wait for him. But this time was very, very, very special. Now... Have you ever heard somebody say, I've done that before, been there, done that? Have you ever said that yourself? Oh, listen. Their closeness with Christ became almost uh, a pass card on their alertness. And I want to say something to you, and I'm not condemning us because I'm, I'm one of you. Amen? The reason my sermons are not really difficult to follow is because I design every one of them for me. And then I know they're going to fit you too. I believe with all of my heart that most of us know what happens in church. I know that we've been many times, and most of us here today are Christians. You've given Christ your heart. The Spirit of God has come to live in your life. And you know Him personally as your Savior and Lord. But I'm going to tell you something. Here's what happens to us. The Savior, do you believe He's uh, alive today? Do you really? Do you believe that he can do anything he wants to, anywhere he wants to, anytime he wants to, and through whom he chooses? Do you believe that? I do too. And that's why we need to be awake. But you know what? If we're not careful, the mighty Savior can become very mundane because it's kind of ordinary. Did any of you pray coming to church this morning that something positive and wonderful will happen in Bible study? Did you already precondition this worship service by saying, I hope somebody gives their life to Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit of God. I pray that if I need to change anything about my own life, that you will convict me of that and give me courage to do it. We've come to worship the true and the living God, but we've become so familiar with each other and how we worship until it's just become kind of ordinary. Church. 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 What did you do today? Went to church. Well, what did you learn? No. What do you mean? I just went to church. Coffee was good. What about the sermon? (laughs) Church. Do you follow what I'm saying? Sometimes the magnificent master who is to be with us in spirit and in truth. If we're not careful, it can just be, another experience with Christ, and it can become very ordinary. Now, I'm not knocking us, all right? All of us have a a bulletin, and we know we're going to sing two songs here, one song there, and we're going to take up the offering, and then we're going to sing another song, and then here comes the preacher. That's almost like didactic pentameter. Da-dot, da-dot, da-dot. Da-dot, da-dot, da-dot. Da-dot, da-dot, da-dot. What if we changed that up? Would it, would it rattle you? You know, would, would, would change bother you? Well, most of the time, the only way you wake up Baptist is change something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that? We ain't never done that before. You know? Wow. Uh, in vacation Bible school, they were kind of ordinary and mundane you know, in this big old church. You know what I did? They introduced me. And they said, "Here comes our pastor, Brother Roddy." And I came down the center aisle on a motorcycle. <laughs> and when I parked it in the front, they never forgot that. I could go to Brunswick right now, and those people, all the kids, everything. Oh, hey, Brother Roddy! I met a guy in the store one time, and uh, uh, I just went in there. Uh, I had my trailer down there. I was living, pastoring that little church. Carol and the family were up here in Atlanta. And I was there, intentional interim. And this little guy come running over and grabbed me around the leg. And I never met his mother. But, man, he was sticking to me. And I looked down at him and he said, Oh! his mama said, What are you doing? He said, This is my pastor. He rides a motorcycle. Let let me just tell you something. Uh, Maybe we need to do something different. I don't know. To get awake. Maybe we need to... Uh, ah, I, I just don't know. But I'm telling you one thing, I don't like didactic pentameter. I really don't. ba 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 One deacon told me one time, he said, if I was you, this church is so dead, I'd do the ham bone during the offertory. You know, do something. Never before has there ever been a time in history for people to be alert than right now. Do you think there are a lot of people around you, live around you, you work with every day, go to school with, interact? Do they need Jesus? Oh, yeah, we need to be awake. We need to be alive. When we come to church, we need to be excited. We need to learn something every time we come. We need to expect God to move in our heart. We need to expect God to just shake us. We really do. Wow. God helped me not to let closeness rob me like the disciples were robbed. Oh, I'm sleepy. Me too. Oh man! I, hey, hey! Can I? You don't mind? I know we're guys and all that. Because I lean over on you. Come on, we're just back to back. <laughs> I've been in a lot of worship services like that. You know, I have. I've had a lot of people poked in the ribs. <laughs> I'm just telling you, folks, it's time for us to wake up and seize the moment. Amen? I'm telling you, it's time. Never before in our history has there ever been a more important time than right now. Do you know this is the only time we got? It really is. It's the only time we got. There's never going to be another today like today. Secondly, never again again. Will we have another opportunity like this? The disciples would all agree, when they left that opportunity of a lifetime slip through their hands, I'm sure they had conversations like, man, we blew it. Never again are we going to ever have an opportunity like we had today. We have a great opportunity to minister today, and I pray to God that we don't let it slip through our hands. Let me just tell you how it's slipping. How many of us have talked to somebody about Christ lately? How many of us have really been uh, energetic in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ? Man, we we can just see that this day in which we live and this opportunity that we have is uh, kind of slipping away if we're not careful. We need to jerk up the slack. Amen? We need to bring the cross up to date daily in Our life. Uh, You know, Joel Osteen, people knock him. And uh, I'm not too really sure about all of his theology, but I know his dad. Uh, I've interacted with him. I pastored in Houston when his dad was there. And I remember when they built the Oasis of Love. Do you remember that first big church they built? uh, It was built in absolutely the most run-down area. It was in the most deprived area. And uh, he said, we have an opportunity, he said, to buy this property. And uh, we have an opportunity to do something that we've never been able to do before. And God bless them beyond your wildest imagination when they built the Oasis of Love. Now, I'm not too sure about the forum, but I'm telling you one thing. uh, I would really enjoy preaching to, uh, what do they have, 16,500 in three different services during Sunday. Now, you can knock that all you want to, but I sure would like to have an opportunity to preach the gospel to that many people. I'm enjoying preaching it to you. I'm telling you. And I'm going to give you the whole load, even though we ain't full. But I'm just going to tell you this, folks. We, if we're not careful, will allow this opportunity that we have today to slip away from us. And this is it. This is today. Today is going to be history. Tomorrow we're never going to have another Sunday like this. We're never going to have another exact Sunday like this. This is a God Day. It's a day that we need to expect God to not only meet our needs, but to worship Him in spirit and in truth and be excited about it. Amen? I'm telling you. The third thing I want to tell you is this. Never stop serving even when it hurts. Temptation to serve self... Is so strong. Look at that verse again, verse 41. Jesus said, "Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak." Man, sometimes we do get tired. We got all kind of a schedules running today. We really do. But we need to serve even though we hurt maybe. We really do. I remember talking to Linda and her family about uh, their life before we came together. Uh, some weekends they would have three weddings, get home, you know, way after midnight. It would already be Sunday morning sometimes when they got home. They'd go to bed, wake up, dress, and go to church. Just didn't miss church. You know, you say, "Well, well, wow, man, that's something. Well, just believing going to church and worshiping God and doing the right thing. I'm just telling you, folks, Sometimes our schedules hurt, but we can make room for God, can't we? You know, what about Wednesday night? Oh, wait a minute. We didn't even have choir practice. I didn't see any of the choir. Most of the choir didn't come on Wednesday night to the Bible study. And we're in a difficult time here. Maybe we need to start learning, and maybe we need to start putting a little more interest in what we're supposed to be doing because if you don't do it while I'm here, the next pastor you call, I'm going to tell him before you he get here, you, they're not coming. I'm going to be honest. Amen? you you got a fellow here that just cuts it right down the middle. I know I'm not perfect almost, but anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that we've got to start serving even though it hurts. We live in the greatest self-serving generation the world has ever known. We're the most selfish people on this planet. We really are. I, me, and myself. That's who we looked out for. Now, we're supposed to do right, but oh, listen, we are a self-serving generation. We spend more money on pursuits of hobbies uh, than any other generation that's ever lived on this planet. That's right. Uh, I was thinking about this one time. Now, I'm going to to do what's right by giving God a love response. He's got my whole heart. He's got me. But I got to thinking one time uh, how much I paid for my boat, how much I paid for my airplane, how much I did this, 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 this. And I added it all up. I got to thinking, how much have I given to God this year and last year? Does it equal up the little play toys I got? You know the old story, you could know men from boys by the size and cost of their toys. Now, I'm just telling you, folks, we're the most self-serving generation that's ever lived. We're going to make sure we do what we want to do. Well, anyway, that's enough on that one. It hurts, don't it? It really does. 20% give 80, uh, uh, 80%. 30% give 20%. 50% in the church don't ever do anything. 50%. Don't that blow your mind? That simply means that 50% of the people that come to church... They just come to church. Wow. Help us here. Do you believe that we need a spiritual revival? Do you? You know, we don't even do revivals anymore. You know why? Because we're so self-serving, we won't come. We used to have Bible school for two weeks. Y'all remember that? And that went away in the 70s. And, and then we used to have revivals that last from Sunday to Sunday. You remember those days? Or oh, you'd take the preacher home and feed him, and the evangelistic team. Oh, I used to participate in those things. I t- that's why I got turned against chicken. <laughs> I know Baptists love chicken, and I don't like chicken. I was raised on a farm. And uh, have you have you ever plucked a chicken? Anybody ever plucked a chicken? You know, when you put them down in that hot water, every time I see a chicken, I can smell that hot water. I just don't like chicken. I don't even like chicken salad. You know, why did y'all get me off on this? <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to tell you, we need a revival. But we're so self-serving, we don't want to come. I'm telling you the truth. We used to have weak revivals. And then Monday night, it was just horrible later on in revival. Monday night's the least night you have. On oh, Monday night. Why? Well, uh, trying to make up an excuse. Tuesday night got a little better. Wednesday night, man, we just packed in there on Wednesday night. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, ooh, back up here. We, we just can't be consistent about anything. Make a commitment and be real consistent. Then we went to... Sunday through Wednesday revivals. We thought, well, well, we'll get bigger crowds that way. It didn't work. Now, we do revivals on Saturday and Sunday. Wow, that didn't work. So now we do them just on Sunday. And that didn't work either. So we just don't do revivals much anymore. Do you know that? Isn't that crazy? Listen, I used to preach tent revivals. I've even preached revivals and. Uh, brush arborist to the Methodist at camp meeting. I like to preach to Methodist. You know, I really do. I, I, what's happening to us? Listen to Jesus, verse 39. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, Oh, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. God is not about me. It's about you. Isn't that interesting? The last thing I want to say is this. Jesus will never leave us alone. Did you notice, no matter the disciples kept going to sleep, three times he kept coming back to them. He just kept coming back to them. Jesus kept coming to the sleeping ones. He never stopped coming. Jesus will never challenge us to do anything that at the same time he won't help us to meet that challenge if he calls you and tells you to do something, do it. I love history. Oliver Cromwell, he was leading England. He was in that period of history called the protectorate. And he was, he was leading England. And the people who were in charge of the mint came to him and said, uh, Oliver said, we don't have any silver. We're running out of silver for coinage, and he said, "What?" He said, "Yeah, our silver is so low, we we're just about to run out in the treasury." And he said, "Well, you go out into the kingdom and you find out what's happened to the silver." And so they went out, and several weeks later they came back to give a report to Oliver Cromwell, and they said, "We know where it is." I said where? I said it's in all the churches I said they have taken the silver and. And formed the saints, all the saints and the apostles, everything, all the silver statues and everything in the church, and all of us said, mm-hmm. "He said, I tell you what, you just go gather up all the saints, and he says we're going to melt them down and put them back in service." You know, I'm, I don't know what it's going to take for us to get back in service. I don't want to have a meltdown. Do you? I really don't. But I think if God's people were to really see this wonderful occasion that we have, this limited time, and time is so limited, it goes by in a hurry. Amen? It does. I'm, I'm looking at the Boones, and y'all still look the same, but I don't. And the Wallaces, ooh, I love them. Y'all look the same, but I don't. The time just, don't it go by quick? Are you gonna be are you gonna be on your P's and Q's? You're gonna re refigure things and be a little less selfish. This is the only time we have. Let's stay awake. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful picture in Scripture. And God, I know the disciples loved you. They kept the faith all the way to the end of their life. And we're not demeaning them. We're just looking at their example, Heavenly Father. We know that we're just like that. We're men. Uh, we, <laughs> we lose the significance because we're so close to things sometimes, Lord. And, and God, we'll all have to admit that we get selfish. We do what we want to do, but sometimes what we want to do is not what you'd have us to do. So I just pray, Heavenly Father, that we make a recommitment of our life to your Lordship. And that we begin to change not only our attitude, but our life. God, help us to be not saints frozen in time, but help us, God, to be servants. Help us, God, to understand that you love us so very much. That you gave your life for us and took it up again. That through faith in you, not only do we have the forgiveness of our sin, but you give us everlasting life. And you've promised that you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us. Oh, what a Savior. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray God will use this message for His glory in your life. If you would like more information, please feel free to contact us at info at oxfordbaptistchurch.com. Oxford Baptist Church is located in Oxford, Georgia. If you're close, we'd love to meet you.